Well, welcome everyone to Ecclesia United. My name is Anthony Richardson. I am the founder and the president of Ecclesia United. I want to thank you so much for joining us. Um, if you haven't already, I would um, implore you to um, subscribe to our uh, podcast library wherever you get your podcast. Obviously, you have found us today, which is how you are listening to us. I would um, admonish you, implore you, um, ask you. Um, beseech you <laughs> whatever you want to say I'm asking you to subscribe to our podcast channel or to our podcast library not not so much as for us to get additional subscribers um, or anything of that nature the, the, the reason I want you to subscribe is because I believe that what um, we are being prompted to share in this podcast uh, library is helpful to you as it is helpful for us. Um, and so um, it, it's very it's very uh, good for you to be able to get additional tools and resources that you can put into your arsenal to help you along in the life uh, that you are living. And so that's why we um, beseech you. We um, we admonish you. We implore you. We ask you to subscribe because these things that we're sharing are very helpful. They've been helpful to us. I say us and us is me and 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 you know who who I'm sharing them with um as I'm getting them um it's 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 helpful. Um and and that that help that theme of help is going to come up in what we're going to talk about today and I think it's very important that we um that we that we have that type of synergy around um, the context of our conversation, the context of this conversation is centered uh, in a sense around help um, and, and available resources um, that are there for you. So um, I would implore you to subscribe. Um, let's see where we land with this. Um, it's a lot that I've, that I've recently been reading and just kind of meditating on in terms of um, the Holy Scriptures that God has given us, and uh, there's there's one there's a couple there's a couple things that are in mind, kind of um, top of mind scriptures that we'll go to, um, and I'm in my head I'm kind of going back and forth as you guys have kind of gotten used to uh, those that have subscribed to the library and kind of uh, regular consumers of the content, uh, you know that these things these podcasts are not scripted and. They're not uh, edited. There's just kind of just raw thoughts and just uh, divine inspiration, I would say, as we're kind of going along. I generally start down a particular path and that pathway is kind of the pilot hole for the context or for the conversation that we that we kind of get into. So um, I, I am in my head kind of thinking which which pathway do I go? Which path is going to be the pilot hole? And I, I think the, the correct one is going to be out of uh, the book of Proverbs. Now, I would implore you before we go to the book of Proverbs, uh, uh, um, uh, go back in our library. I think there's one called uh, Concord and Discord. Um, I would read or not read. I say read. This is a podcast. I would say listen um, to that particular um, teaching, uh, training, what have you. Uh, I would say listen to that. 
probably as a precursor to this that we're sharing now. Now, you can listen whatever order you are, but I would say that these two, Concord and Discord, plus what we titled this one today, which I don't know what the title is going to be. I generally kind of get titles at the end. Um, uh, these two need to go together because these are these conversations are talking about issues of the heart. And so with that, I want to um, I want to go. Ooh, um, let me think here. Uh, I had the scripture up in another um, in another window. Um, so hold on, just a moment. See, these are these are unedited. So um, I need just a moment because I need to find this one scripture. It's in Proverbs where it says. Guard your heart with due diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. I think it says in the King James, keep your heart um, with diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. Um, let's let's go with that. I won't look the scripture up. It's in the book. I know that for sure. It's in the book of Proverbs. I want to say it's in, the, in chapter number 24, maybe, or maybe chapter 4, um, verse 24, um, but if you did a Google search of, of keep your heart with due diligence for out of it flows issues of life, it, it will take you exactly to where that scripture is at. And so I want to talk about that scripture for just a moment because that scripture is very important. I think that's the pilot hole for our conversation today. Um, keep your heart with due diligence. Now, there's this this for those of you who kind of know me as well in terms of kind of being regular consumers of the content as well. Um, I really love words. I really study words. I think words are the most powerful institution that we have in the earth. Um, and so I really study them. I pay a lot. I pay close attention to them. Uh, I like the way they sound. I like the way they I like the way they feel. Not that you can actually feel a word like physically with the touch. But to me, I can feel them. There's, there's something about a word and the structure of the word, the lettering, the cadence of the word, the pronunciation, uh, everything about the word. It's just so I get so excited about them because um, they're, they're powerful. They're powerful, powerful stitching tools. I just had this thought of like a needle and thread kind of sewing up. Uh, maybe a wound or 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 uh, that needle also being something that can puncture and cause a wound that that 's the i think the power of words being able to use words to either stitch something together as like a fabric or a tapestry or using that same instrument the needle and using it as a, a, as an F element or a weapon to puncture or to hurt or to wound. Words are super duper powerful. And so as we consider the words, some of the words I should say in this scripture that I just mentioned, keep your heart with due diligence for out of it flows the issues of life. Um, the first word I want to kind of highlight um, is, is the word uh, keep. Um, uh, keep keep your heart or guard your heart or uh, in the King James it says keep I think in the New Living Translation it used the word guard but but the word keep guard is just as it says this is a the connotation of uh, protecting um, watching 
uh, keeping keeping a watchful eye uh, on the heart. Uh, the, the heart being another word I want to kind of go into heart. I think the Hebrew is leb or lieb, spelled L-E-B. This is this is the seat of emotions. This is this is the core of the man, the mind. And I say the man, I'm talking about mankind. So I'm not talking about gender. I'm talking about mankind. So humans uh, or man, human, man is a spirit. Hum, humus is, is, is dirt. So human is a spirit in a dirt body. So when I say man, I'm talking about the spirit of man. Uh, and so so heart is the seat of the spirit or the seat of man or the mind of man. This is the soulish part of man where the feelings and the appetites and the emotions and, and the thoughts and the and the and the, the different uh, uh, not iterations is not what I'm trying to say. It's the, the, the different pieces of, of, of the of the man uh, comes from um, the 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 thinking of the man the 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 hope or despair of the man hid is hidden in the heart um, so the heart the heart from a biological perspective is the is the source of life uh, the scriptures would tell us in one scripture I don't know exactly where it's at but it's in the book uh, so you can search it out uh, that 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 life is in the blood so if you think about the human body and the heart being the source uh, of power that is pumping blood throughout the body um, if you think about a person being frostbitten uh, and even frostbitten so severe to the point that that uh, a, a, an extremity or a limb or a digit or whatever would have to be amputated. The challenge that or the problem that happened is the blood flow in those areas were cut off by the extremity of the cold. So blood wasn't flowing there. And if blood's not flowing there, that which is getting the life as a, from the source of the blood uh, or from the blood itself is no longer getting that life uh, and that's no longer getting that blood and therefore it's a cessation of life and so those those things die off uh, and so so when, when, when we're talking about uh, you know the the heart we're, we're talking about that that source of strength that's providing life and pumping it throughout the body even to the brain and to the other into the other limbs in the body, blood and the flow of blood uh, is very important to the life of the body. Uh, and so therefore the heart becomes a critical component um, of the body uh, to make sure it's not congested. So when we say when we say guard the heart, there's different there's different aspects, just like the the multifacets of a diamond, different different perspectives of the diamond give you a different glimpse. And so if we take this word and I think of as a diamond, uh, the words that we speak diamond is just the, br the brilliance of a diamond is just like the brilliance of a word. And so when you take that word or that diamond or that word and you start to turn it on its many different facets and you look at the heart from one perspective, we're talking about the mind and the seat of the emotions. And the other perspective, we're talking about the physical heart, the actual heart, the source of life and, and strength for the body and the, and, the, and, the, and the components of the body. 
And so all so you have to protect the, the, the scripture is saying in, in, in Proverbs that you have to guard, you have to keep, you have to keep your heart. So you have to on one hand, you have to watch what you're thinking. You have to watch what you're consuming. You have to watch what you're listening to. You have to watch what you're watching. You have to watch what you're smelling. You have to watch what you're touching. You have to watch what you're actually connecting with, even from a sex, even from a sexual perspective, because when and, I, and I'm naming those different parts. I'm talking about all of the different gateways and able to get into the soul and the connection of a human. Think about uh, the, if you think about someone talking about someone being their soul mate. They're talking about if someone has this deep intimate connection uh, um, with each other, uh, which is oftentimes from the perspective of of actual, uh, well, I should say also inclusive of sexual encounter and sexual um, uh, pleasing and, and appetites being uh, aroused and stimulated and then also um, uh, 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 fulfilled. And so, so we're talking about, so that's one way in which is a gateway into the heart is through the reproductive organs. Uh, that's, that's a way that if you talk about heartbreak, you talk about relationships and individual breaking down in relationships oftentimes what begins to to increase the complexity of a relationship is when sexual intercourse is then introduced to the relationship this is why this is why it's not it's not uh, from a biblical perspective condoned uh, for there to be sex before marriage this 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 it, I, 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 said, I said earlier where would we land with this we have a pilot hole we've drilled into the pilot hole starting in proverbs and we're going down the path so i don't know where this is going to end up but but think about that the, the the perspective of 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 not entering into sexual relations before marriage because it increases the complexity of the marriage beside the fact that you're also entering into covenant uh with an individual um uh, prematurely without having satisfied the steps that are necessary uh the betrothal the engagement in the marriage and then after the marriage and there's a sign of the marriage the marriage makes a covenant before god and before witnesses in a marriage ceremony and then after the marriage ceremony what 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 should happen uh from uh, um, from the uh, uh if if one was a virgin is that would uh, and, and when i say one that sh- that should be both are virgins is that when when and this is Jew- Jewish Hebrew thought as well. Uh, when when the marriage is consummated, uh, the the marriage is consummated upon white sheets, uh, and, and so therefore so that so that you could see the the blood that that comes forth from the interaction or the intercourse. Because what's what's happening is there is a veil, and uh, which which in which from a biological perspective the word may be hymen. Um, but there is a seal. Uh, there is a seal in 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 the in the in the in the vagina of of the female that when upon first interaction or first intercourse in during the intercourse that seal is then broken and then blood comes out and then that blood is the sign of the covenant that has been made between her and her husband. 
this 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 relationship between her and her husband is then consummated and then ultimately effective in a sense uh, that, that, that that the marriage is considered legitimate because this blood has flowed. OK. And so that blood flowing is then is then is the is the sign of the covenant as as God also cut covenant with humanity through the shedding of blood. So when we get to the new covenant, we the, the, the new covenant is becomes 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 in force as a result of the death uh, of Jesus. Now, now, now what, and then ultimately the resurrection, but what's, what's a signet to that is that, is that the, is that the, the old covenant has been fulfilled. Uh, and then the, and then the blood is spilled. Oh, when we, we can go into some stuff because you, you got to go really deep into some things to see this, but the, the, the blood that is spilled from the side of Jesus, when his, when he's pierced in his side, while he's hanging yet on the cross, having given up the ghost, when it says, tell to lest I, it is finished. Uh, and then and then Jesus gives up the ghost, the scripture says, and then the Roman soldier takes a spear uh, to see if he is indeed dead and pierces him in his side. And the scriptures say that out of his side flows water and blood or blood and water. It's important that order. It's blood and then water, blood first, which which is which is necessary for the propitiation of sins. And then the water comes as the cleansing agent as the cleansing the blood cleanses ultimately is to say as well but the, the the water is 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 a, is a is a testament sign of a baptism that one would go through in order to in order to consummate uh in the sense consummate the salvation decision is one's acceptance of the blood of Jesus Christ to then go forth and then as a sign of that acceptance to then go forth and be baptized in the water so the acceptance of the blood then going forth baptized in the water then it ties up with the with with the man Jesus dying on the cross and then the and then the Roman soldier piercing piercing him in his side and then out of his side coming the blood, which is life, and then the water. Okay, so that's 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 important to see. Uh, uh, there, there's there was more I was going to talk about. It, it, it should probably be another 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 uh, teaching that we'll do on, from the tabernacle. Uh, um, and uh, yeah, I don't want to go down that path. I don't want to go down that path, but it's important to the blood piece. I think you get what we're saying. And so when we talk about now, we're going all the way back to the blood. We, we were talking about the sexual intercourse and the piercing of the hymen and the blood flowing from the and, and then this reproductive piece being a gateway into the soul of 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 the human uh, and, and so that's one gateway the, the the eyes being what you behold what you can what you see uh, uh, th that's a gateway into the mind because what you're seeing is affecting what you're thinking and what you're feeling and how you're processing what you're seeing and not seeing if you have a hope and an expectation to see something and accomplish something the 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 the, the weight 
or the uh, the, the wait in terms of time uh, or the or the or the or the uh, the time that has elapsed in which you have in which you have been hoping and expecting for something and then not yet seeing it after some long time can affect the hope. Uh, those are through the things that you're beholding and that you're seeing. That's why we can't look at the things which are seen for the things which are seen are temporal. These are what the scripture says, the things which are seen are temporal, temporal, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Okay, so 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 what we're seeing, how we're seeing things from the perspective in which we're seeing things has to be evaluated. Are we seeing things with our natural eye and not being and, and as a result of as and as a result of not seeing the things that we desire to see, do we become hopeless in despair? Or are we seeing with an internal spiritual eye the promises of God and the things that He is speaking to us inside of our hearts and in our minds? And those are the things that we're beholding, not looking at the things which are seen, but looking at the things which are unseen. So this eye, the way in which we see things, the perspective in which we see things is is a gateway into our soul. Our ears are a gateway into the perspective of our souls because the things that we're hearing, the things that we're hearing, the words that we're hearing, the the, the things that we're hearing are, are, are either... Uh, um, uh, uh, provide hope for our hearts and for our souls or, or it causes us to be in despair. The things that we're hearing, think about the things that you're hearing in the news and how that makes you feel. The, 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 the things that you're hearing that's happening inside in, in society, the, 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 the systemic challenges, the, the discourse, the rhetoric, the debates and the, and the disc and, and the discord, all those different things are. And if you go back to the teaching, I talked about discord versus concord. Discord is designed in, that word discord is dis apart and then cord heart discord is designed to pull the part the heart apart or to stretch one between their emotions and so when we talk about discord or we talk about um, what we're hearing and what's being designed in these things. It's you can either have discord or listening to things that are causing you discord, or you can listen to things that are causing you concord, which con is a together or with, and then cord is the same thing, heart. So with the heart or together, you can be, you can be listening to things that are promoting togetherness and community and connectedness and synchronization and all and fellowship and those things. What are things that you can be listening to um, that are causing for you to be in discord? Even if listening to the, I know we know we're talking about the, the ear from the ex- external perspective, but even the internal ear, the things that you're hearing inside of your own mind and your own heart that you're listening to and tumbling over and over and over and over and through cycles, through every cycle of the day and every cycle of the night, through many different cycles, you're continuously thinking and processing on things that you're hearing inside your own mind, thoughts that you're telling yourself, words that you're speaking to yourself. These are things that that can cause you to be at discord or heart 
torn apart. Uh, it's it's important. So what what we're hearing both externally and internally. So our scriptures would tell us to think on things which are good and that are lovely and that are of good report and that are virtuous and that are praiseworthy. If and that are good to think on those things. Those are the things that we should be thinking about. Good things, good thoughts, uh, happy thoughts, uh, uh, hopeful thoughts, uh, things of that nature. So everything is coming and trying to contend for the heart because the heart is the source of life for the human. And so we have to watch what we hear. We have to watch what we speak through our mouths. This is another gateway to the soul of humanity, even though the mouth is one that generally is used to either to to uh, to uh, orate or to speak. That's um, also the mouth is used to ingest. And so so from those perspectives, you can speak things from one perspective. This is the multifacets of the diamond. So we're turning the diamond and we're looking at the many facets of it. And we're talking about the mouth now from that particular gate. From one perspective of the diamond, we can speak things out of our mouths. One of the teachings I was uh, in, I forget which one it is, but we'll just we'll just talk about it here. Um, the, 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 the word word as. So, so in John chapter one, it starts off in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. The word word used in John chapter one is the word logos. And that word logos comes from a word we all are familiar with, which is Lego. And so Lego and Logos, Lego, Lego are the are the words that we're speaking. So said it like this in, in the book of Proverbs, it says death and life is in the power of the tongue. Now, the uh, the the word uh, power there is the Hebrew word uh, yad, spelled Y A D. So if you read the scripture again, if I if I quote it again, it says death and life is in the hand of the tongue. We're back to the mouth. What is the hand of the tongue? What is the hand used for building and picking up things and establishing and shaping? The hands are used in those many different fashions. So what is the hand of the tongue? The hand of the tongue are the words that you are speaking. The words are the logos or the lego. So the words that you're speaking out of your mouth frames the environment in which you are living. And so if the, so, our adversary's objective is to get you to speak words because those words go out and frame your environment. So he wants you to speak words that cause discord or that cause turmoil or that cause hate to be proliferated or that cause uh, a lack of hope to be ex- to be to be uh, pushed into the atmosphere. He wants you to speak those things because those things are framing your environment and framing my environment or framing our environment. And so we have to watch what we what we're speaking out of our mouths at the same time. We have to watch what we're ingesting in our mouths. And so so this this the multifacets of the diamond. We're talking about the gateways to try to get into the soul, into the heart, into the mind, the physical, the physical heart of the man. And then also the, the spiritual heart of the man, which is the mind and the seat of emotions. There's things that we can be eating that can throw that can throw 
off the heart. Uh, 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 so that so you may not have even thought about that. But the things that you're consuming, uh, high cholesterol foods, high sodium foods, uh, food, uh, those things that are high in saturated fat, those different things uh, are become impediments uh, to the actual physical heart. So not only are the things that we're speaking become things that become uh, 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 has an impact to our physical hearts and into our spiritual hearts. Uh, also, the things that we are consuming in our mouths become things that are gateways to affect the heart. So we have to watch that as well. And then so so we talked about the eyes. We talked about the ears. We talked about the mouth. We talked about the reproductive gate. We have to talk about also the nose. What are the things that we are consuming or breathing into our nose? Those become those become gateways into uh, into our heart uh, or, or, or into our into our physical heart and then also to our spiritual heart. Uh, and so we have to watch. We have to watch those things. We have to watch what we're smelling. What are those things that are, that that appease our appetites uh, and, and cause for our heart hearts and our minds to be, to process things in a specific way. I was, an example that came to mind is, um, uh, uh, you know, a a woman that likes a a good smelling man. What happens when that woman actually smells the fragrance on that man? What kind of thoughts are processed through the, the mind of the female as she thinks about and processes through this good smelling man that, that has just walked by and that not now don't let the man also be good looking now you've got the eyes engaged you've got the nose engaged okay and those things are, are stimulating the heart and the mind and the seat and the emotion and causing one to then process through and think about things what will they do will they pursue the man will they leave the man alone uh, the, all those different elements and so that's just an example don't don't hold that as a as a um, as a use case to fully explain uh, the impact that the nose can have on the body. It's just an example uh, that, that you can see that it provides a gateway into the mind or the which is the spiritual heart or into the actual physical heart. And those things also cause for emotions to then rise. And then as emotions rise, then anxiety rise, anxiety rise, as cortisol levels rise, cortisol levels produce the fight or flight. And you have those different things and those different the adrenaline the things that are flowing through those things are affecting the physical heart so so all those different things that you're smelling the smell of good food and how how they excite you and man it begins to also cause for the mouth to begin to salivate all these different things are all connected in systems and structure uh, that impacts the heart uh, and so so you have to think about those things what are the things that you're consuming or smelling through the nose uh, and then also what are the, through the 
hands. Th th those are one ways that that's a gateway into the heart as well, because the hands are points of connection. Uh, and so who are you connecting and striking hands with in deals or in covenant with that causes turmoil or causes things, that causes issues of the heart? You have to watch who you are connected with, who you are in covenant agreement with. You have to watch these things and the hands are symbolic of those connection points. And so we talk about the six different gateways in which in which one can get in which or which are gateways into the heart. So we talked about the eye gate, the nose, the nose gate, the mouth gate, the hand gate, uh, uh, um, the, the reproductive gate, um, and then also the one that we didn't talk about uh, is the heart gate. I say we talked about six. The sixth one is the heart itself. So the things that we're processing, we did kind of talk about it a little bit, but those are the things that we're processing in our minds, the things that we're thinking on. As a man thinketh in his heart, this is one of the scriptures is in the book of Proverbs. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Out of the abundance of the heart, is another verse in the, in the book of Proverbs, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks and so the mouth speaks what is in the heart and that was so if the mouth is speaking what's in the heart the heart is dictating what the mouth is speaking the mouth is speaking and then framing the atmosphere in which you're living based upon what's in the heart and so you have to guard your heart you have to keep your heart back to our pilot scripture that we kind of we started off with we have to guard our hearts we have to guard them we have to watch over them we have to watch all of the gateways into our heart we have to we have to protect them we have to watch with a diligent eye it says the scripture says keep your heart it says keep your heart with due with due with diligence it says keep your heart with diligence that word diligence is a really uh, the, the word that came up in my mind is wild that's a really wild word so the diligence that's used there is this word that is actually synonymous with um, a jail cell so think about that the, the scriptures God is telling us through his scriptures to keep our hearts to guard our hearts watch over our hearts to 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 keep a diligent and watchful eye over and upon our hearts uh uh with diligence so so do it as if the heart is enclosed within the confines of a jail cell and unable to get out it's it's almost like maximum security prison it's 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 this it's this constant 24 hours a day 7 days a week type of a watch over your heart uh, now, while you're sleeping, God is watching over you. While you're awake, God is watching over you. But you have the diligence and, and the responsibility of yourself to process and to watch over uh, the things that you are, are contemplating, which, which is within your heart. And so this that, that word diligence, again, is, is, is like a maximum security prison to guard your heart as like that, to put 
your heart in an enclosed cell uh, with bars around it that that are not able to be accessed. So before you give somebody cliche statement I'm about to make, before you give somebody the keys to your heart, uh, you have to you have to watch that. You have to watch who you give access to your heart. This is very important, especially when it comes to the hands and who you're connected with and who are you, well, all aspects in that matter, but the two that come up is, is really, really uh, um, uh, profound in that is the hands and the reproductive gates uh, and those reproductive organs, watching who you are connecting with uh, because those those are are access and gateways to your heart. You have to watch over your heart. You have this is this is helpful for me because there's a lot that has been going on, and and I've and I've been noticing how those things impact. It causes stress. It causes anxiety. It causes for heart rates to be high. It's causing for things like that. And so you have to continuously watch. You have to continuously watch and watch over and push back those thoughts actively. Push back those thoughts and those feelings actively and with on the offensive and on the defensive. It's like playing offense and defense at the same time. You're moving and advancing forward, but you're not allowing yourself to be advanced upon. So you're moving and advancing forward in offense and you're not allowing yourself to be advanced upon in defense. I, I, I would be willing to say even that in offense, you're playing defense because in offense, you're trying to push forward. And thinking about from a football perspective in that analogy, you're trying to push forward and score the touchdown, but you're also in a sense defending and protecting the assets of your team so that ultimately the ball itself, as your team is carrying that ball forward, you're protecting them and blocking so that the defenders can't get to. So you're defending the defenders. You're defending against the defenders who are trying to get to your offensive person carrying the ball. So you have to have that consistent type of offensive and defensive mindset that is advancing forward and not retreating in reverse because our adversary is wanting for us to retreat in reverse because retreating in reverse is not advancing towards the goal. We press towards the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. That's a scripture. You can look that up. Uh, that's what we're doing uh, uh, as believers. We're pressing forward. We're moving forward. We're advancing on the goal. We're advancing on the agenda. We're advancing towards the hope and the promise or the promised land, the place that God has said we will be, the hope and the expectation that he has breathed into our hearts, that he has spoken into our hearts. In fact, in Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, I know, God says, it says this, I know the thoughts that I have spoken towards you, that the word thoughts there is, is, is the word, uh, I, I know the words, he's, it, it's essentially words. So he's, he's saying, I know the words that I have spoken concerning you. I have spoken good words and not evil words to give you a hope and an expectation. Hope is a future, an end goal, a positive place that you're going to be and an expectation is tied to that you are expecting to achieve that hope which is set before you. 
and, and wow, something that thinks about something that Jesus said, uh, for the hope that is set before him, he was able to endure the cross, despising all the shame and is now set down on the right hand of the majesty on high. He is able to do that because he, he was able to see the hope, which is, which is in the expectation, which is inside of him. He's seeing all of humanity. He's seeing the people that, that he is dying for the fact that it's reconciling them, buying back humanity that was hawked into sin through the era of Adam in the garden when he ate when he wasn't supposed to, broke the covenant that was made. And now the writing of that covenant or, or the correcting of that is fulfilled in Jesus. But Jesus is moving and advancing towards a goal. And that goal is he's come expressly into the earth living in the similitude of man in flesh just like we are exposed to like passions just like we are and feelings and thoughts and the things that we are exposed to he was too so that he could sympathize with us and connect with us on that level and understand us on that level and then going forward he's advancing towards the goal which is then that goal is to be reconnected with his creation his human beings which he created in the very beginning he was at one with him he was in the beginning when a man was made he was made in God's image and after his likeness they, they, we, they refused we refused together with God we were one and one he breathed into man the breath of life uh, and so that that and man became a living soul and that living soul is connected to God and the two are intertwined so much so that when the breach came and when Adam ate when he wasn't supposed to eat and he ate of that which he wasn't supposed to eat he broke the connection and God said the day in which he should do of it ye shall surely die and so when he ate he surely died although it didn't seem that he died in terms of his life stopped and he and he ceased to live he went on living for 900 and some odd years I forget that exact amount but he went on living but what happened is death is a separation and so it's not necessarily a cessation of life it is a separation so when Adam Ate. He it exactly what God said happened the day he ate of it. He surely died. He surely separated so much so that God then asked the question, Adam, where art thou? Because the two were one because God is and God and man are one. But because of that error, the, the error of man, the error of man put him in a state of unrighteousness or void of holiness. Uh, and so he could not be any longer acquainted with or in connection with the holy God. So now there's a breach. And there's a famous painting, I want to say it's by Leonardo da Vinci, where it show, and it may be Michelangelo, I can't remember which one, but, but if you were to search it out, this, this picture, you've probably seen it, you've seen this picture of a man laying on his back, and he has his arm extended up, and then there's this hand coming out of the sky, uh, from, for, or, or it shows this picture, uh, uh, it depends on which version of this photo, of this painting you see, but the full one actually has a picture 
of a being in the sky reaching down to reaching down to man to the man that's on the earth but you you don't see where the two fingers or the hands of the two are connected they're actually apart and you show one reaching up and the other one reaching down and that's and that symbol and what symbolized and captured in that painting is this is the depravity and the state of man and which is when man has fallen he is not able to reach God but he's reaching up for God uh, in in despair because because the because of the error leaves man in a state in which he is disconnected from God and being disconnected from God is being disconnected from your source as of as if a if, if a vine if a if a if a if a branch of a vine is disconnected from the vine that disconnection causes not for the vine not to live but for but for the branch that has been broken off the vine to cease to live because it's been disconnected from its source and so that's that that's what that's what's happened in 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 the early part in the in the book of genesis when man fell and so we've been fighting uh, to get back and so Jesus is has been has been coming he's been coming ever since then he was typified in the book of Genesis when God took the coats of an innocent animal and covered mankind it's a that that is typifying what would actually have to happen in order to cover the unrighteousness of man with the righteous blood of innocence and so this innocent state of man in which he was once in has been broken through the breach and through the error of eating what he shouldn't have eaten of, which broke through the innocence, which put the man in a state of unrighteousness. And then something innocent had to die because blood had to be shed in order to cover for or to be a propitiation or a covering for or an atonement for the sins of man. And so fast forwarding from there, this innocent animal, we fast forward to the gospels and the gospel message in which an innocent man, Jesus Christ, who did not sin, who who lived a perfect life, then has to take on the sins of humanity or, in other words, has to uh, die in the place of of man who should have died just like man and Adam back in the beginning who should have physically died had uh, and then and then in that state been then separated for eternity from God he now is covered with this innocent blood of this animal and and that innocent blood typifies just like mankind becomes covered with the innocent blood of Jesus Christ and that blood becomes the atonement that brings one at brings a person at one with God atonement at one with God and so that's what that's what we all that's what that's what that's what happened and so for the joy that was set before God he 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 he, he and for or, or or for the hope that was set before him for the joy that was set before him he endures the cross he despises the shame and is set down at the right hand of the majesty on high all because of what he sees in his heart and the joy that is before him and what he is able to accomplish 
if he endures this which is standing before him, which is the death, and which is crucifixion and ultimately death, uh, if he can stand that and then God raises him back to life on the third day. And so all of this, all of this that I'm talking about is centered upon this, this thought process of protecting the heart because out of that heart flows everything. We have the perspective, we have the thought, we have the responsibility to protect our hearts with everything we've got. Protect them as if the heart is in a maximum cell prison with bars around it, impenetrable bars to protect the heart. And if you think about that, 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 uh, that word definition of diligence, and if you think about your physical heart in your physical body, you, you think about the rib cage that surrounds the heart as a protection mechanism for that vulnerable piece of the human, the heart that is protected by these, by these bones, this solid structure that, that is, that is around it to keep it from being, to keep it from being a, Access and so th- think about think about those ribs also looking like a jail cell that 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 between the bars you can see the heart but to get to the heart you got to go through the bars and you can't get through the bars to get to the heart to, to, uh, that's the objective uh, uh, that we have to that we have to move with and so uh, that that's that that's that's the thought process that is centered around our pilot scripture um, and and so. And and, and, th- and that's what that's what we're working towards now. Now that now that's that's quite a bit to to um, to to contemplate. Now I want to shift really quickly over to um, a a scripture that's found in First. Uh, I'm sorry, not First, but Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians. Now I am going to open up my Bible. I'm going to read this because this is a vi- this is this is. Um, an extension of this concept that we're talking about of the heart and protecting the heart uh, and guarding the heart, uh, because what what I'm about to read is 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 what the Apostle Paul is is written in a letter to the church that is at Corinth, and and he's telling them about uh, uh, some things that he's endured. Uh, that that caught that those things that he endured caused for him as he was going through them he was in despair and then he he was in turmoil so I, I so I want you I want to read to you this scripture uh, and I'm, I'm gonna read to you probably I'm gonna read 10 verses I'm gonna start in, in in verse one so this is second Corinthians chapter number one I'm gonna read to you 10 verses but I'll I'll make the emphasis uh, where where I want to make the emphasis at to show you uh, about this about what happened and then what he what ha- what actually happened in Paul as a result and this speaks to this thing about the heart and protecting the heart and guarding the heart and processing things in the heart uh, in different in a different way that leads to health and strength and uh, forward advancement uh, and promotion and and hope and expectation so 
second uh, Corinthians chapter one. Uh, I'm going to read. I'm going to read a new living translation. because I like the way it reads in new living translation. It gives a pretty good emphasis on what on what we're trying to bring out. So uh, starting in verse one, this letter is from Paul chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus and from our brother Timothy. I'm writing to God's church in Corinth and to all of his holy people throughout Greece. Verse two, may God, our father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. All praise to God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful father and the source of all comfort. Make note of that word comfort. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. Verse number four, he comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. For the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. Even when we are weighed down with troubles, it is for your comfort and salvation. For when we ourselves are comforted, we will certainly comfort you. Then you can patiently endure the same things we suffer. We are confident that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in the comfort God gives us. Verse 8, we think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. And we thought that we and we thought we would never live through it. Listen at listen at the listen to how Paul is talking there and, and the thought. If you would put yourself in his shoes of what he was going through in the province of Asia, I'll read verse eight again to tie this back up. But if you put yourself into the shoes of what of Paul's mind and, and, and what can be going through his heart and how he's processing as he's going through the province of Asia, think about from the words and the cadence of the text and what's being said and how he's speaking. And, uh, uh, and you can see and you can feel the tension and you can feel the anxiety in the text itself. So verse number eight, we think you ought to know. He's, he's telling the to church at Corinth, we think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. And we thought we would never live through it. Verse nine, in fact, we expected to die. But as a result, now listen to this. Verse nine, he says they expected to die. They're crushed. Verse eight, they're crushed. They're overwhelmed. They didn't think they were going to live through it. And in verse nine, he says, in fact, we expected to die. Now, now here's his resolve. This is a continuation of verse number nine. He says, in fact, we expected to die. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely only on God who raises the dead. And verse 10 says, and he did rescue us. He is God and he 
did rescue us from mortal danger and he will rescue us again. Listen to the resolve in Paul's heart now on the other side of the overwhelming and the tribulation and the and the things that he think he could live through and even the things that he thought uh, that uh, uh, that he even the things that he expected to die as a result of. Listen to what he says on the other side. He says, and God did rescue us from mortal danger and he will rescue us again and the testimony the testimony that he's leaving with uh, the with the church at Corinth is is giving them fuel and ammunition to press forward and continue to move and advance offensively and defensively towards the goal or the high mark and the high calling of Christ Jesus so verse 10 I'll finish reading verse 10 and and so we can get again get to where we're, where we're going and he did rescue rescue us. This is Paul talking about God again in verse 10. And he did rescue us from mortal danger and he will rescue us again. He's resolved and he will rescue us again. We have placed our confidence in him and he will continue to rescue us us. Now listen, listen to that. I, I, we got to go, we got to go back. We got to turn this diamond into many facets and see the beauty of this. If we go back to verse number eight, where he is wanting to encourage essentially the church at Corinth, he wants to encourage them to let them know that he can feel what they feel. He's connected with how they're connected and what they could be going through and the things they're facing and enduring as persecution as the church is attempting to advance. He, he, he talks in verse number eight. He says, we think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia as they're traversing through Asia. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. And we thought we would never live through it. In fact, in verse 9, he says, in fact, we expected to die. Listen to where he, listen to where he's at at that point as he's hindsight looking back as as they were traversing through Asia he's thinking back about the things that were happening the things that he endured he was crushed he was overwhelmed beyond his ability to endure uh he was the, the word that it says in uh in 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 King James is they were they were pressed they were pressed out of measure. They they, they were pressed. Uh, they, they, they were they were they were pressured. Uh, uh, let me let me show you what 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 it says there. Uh, uh, in, in in the word pressed, there uh, uh, is uh, kata. Uh, the word kata, which 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 is down from so so from up above, they are pressed down upon or upon or uh, enclosed or oppressed, enclosed or pressed towards, enclosed, surrounded, trapped. The connotation in the word is that they're enduring all of these tight places these seemingly inescapable places that are that that are in that are filled with enormous and immense amounts of pressure and 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 that pressure is upon him and it's so overwhelming that it's crushing and it's and and and, and he thinks that he would never live through 
through it. Have you ever been in a place where you felt so overwhelmed, so crushed, so in despair that you didn't even think that you could live through it? I would submit that somebody listening now could be in that place right now, in this, in this place of depression, a place where you don't think it's a dark place. You don't think that you can even live through through it. How can I get out of this? The trouble is so insurmountable. So you think that you can't even get out of it. You don't even think you can get out of it. And and, and then Paul goes on in verse number nine and says, in fact, we expected to die because it was so overwhelming. It was so crushing. It was so pressureful. There was so much going on. He expected to die. But but the, but look, I'm, I'm, I'm just so interested in his resolve as a result of 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 uh, expecting to die. He says, but as a result, we but as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely on only on God. You mean that the pressure, that the things that we're going through, the turmoil, this this place, this 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 pressure, this surrounding, this could be teaching us to quit relying on ourselves uh, and to rely on God. And to rely on God, that's hopeful for the believer. It, 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 it leaves the unbeliever in a state of, well, what do I do? Because, we don't, because you don't have a relationship with God. And that's where the gospel comes in so paramount. To be, it's so important because you can have a relationship with God if you only believe that he substituted his life for your life, but lived an innocent life and died in your stead. And what you was justly due to you, he took upon himself. And if you can believe that in your heart and confess that, there's that word heart, believe that in your heart, resolve that in your heart, that there was a man, an innocent man, that lived. He came as God himself. He came in flesh through a virgin, lived in human flesh, a life in human flesh, died in my place, took on all the sins, my sins, your sins, everybody's sins, all sins of humanity, was crucified on the cross, died, was buried, and rose again on the third day. If you can believe that in your heart, resolve that in your heart, and confess that with your mouth, you will be saved. That's the word of God. You are saved. That's the word of God. And so as a result, uh, as a result of being saved, you can then partake in this expectation uh, um, or, or, or you can you can ha- you can partake in this result of relying on God that then Paul re- that Paul resolves to. So, in fact, he says in verse nine, we expected to die as a result of 
all that was going on, all the pressure and the, and the anxiety and the things they were enduring as they're traversing for the sake of the gospel to advance the mission of the gospel, which is the advancing the mission of the gospel is getting this message out to others so that they can hear it and then and then hopefully they believe it and be saved. That's the mission of the church. That's the mission of God. That's the mission that God has implored upon the church. That's the mission that we have at Ecclesia United. We're not about building a church. The church is already built. We're about advancing, advancing the gospel, which is the church's responsibility. The church is the believers. So so we have that responsibility of advancing this so people can then hear the message. And if they hear the message, because they can't hear unless unless they unless there's a preacher and the preacher can't go unless he's be sent. And so God is sending us all to preach this gospel to people so that they can hear this message. And hopefully they're pricked in their heart and they'll ask, what must they do to be saved? And then then someone can explain to them this gospel message. They can then accept that gospel message and resolve that in their heart this thing that happened with this innocent man and then confess that out with their mouths and then they can have that ability to rely on God. So as a result, uh, Paul resolves to this, to this, that the trouble could be teaching, uh, could be teaching us that we are relying on ourselves. It could be a signal and a sign or a symptom that we are actually relying on ourselves. The, and, and I say not, not, and, and when I say the trouble is a symptom and is a signal, I'm saying the trouble that has produced this level of overwhelming, this feeling of being crushed, this feeling of being in despair or destitute or left in anguish or or alone or in depression. This, this trouble that has then produced these effects in the human body could be a result of how we are processing. Are we relying on ourselves or are we relying on God? And so it, I believe the connotation that is coming out of this text and to me from a revelatory perspective is that the trouble the, the trouble and the pressure has taught Paul and companions that they are to rely not on themselves, but to rely on God. And, and so I'll, I'll read that again in, in verse nine. It says, in fact, we expected to die. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned. Listen, that says there, it says he st- we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely on uh, to rely only on God who raises the dead and he did verse 10 he did rescue us uh, rescue us from mortal danger now it's been further sealed this resolve has been further sealed in Paul's heart about the providence and the abilities of God to rescue and to and if we rely on him he can take us through trouble to the other side because the trouble can't have us and the trouble won't overwhelm us and the trouble won't overtake us I'm reminded I'm just kind of makes me think about uh, when 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 Jesus is in the boat with his disciples and they're going across the sea of Galilee they're going across the sea becomes 
becomes troubled and 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 the, and and is troubled because of the storm and and so the pe- the people on the boat are in despair they don't know what's going on this this there's so much stuff that's happening the boat is being rocked and everything is ha- is happening they're scared they don't know if they're going to live they don't know if the boat will be capsized but but G- but all all the while Jesus is actually sleep at the bottom or in the bow of the ship. He sleep because Jesus knows this trouble isn't going to overtake him. This is just something that is that is that is on the way to where you're going. And so Jesus has this resolve and he's and he is physically living this thing out in the midst of trouble he's resting in the providence of God he's resting in the ability for God to make sure that the boat doesn't capsize and that they don't drown at sea and that God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that worketh in us God is able to take us from one side to the other side God is able to take us from where we're at through this storm on over to the other side and we not lose a thing. Jesus is asleep at the bottom of the ship while everybody else is panicking on the deck, going crazy like, what are we going to do? This storm is so violent. And then and then Jesus gets up. Jesus gets up and, and, and he and the people are upset. And someone says, Master, carest not carest thou not that we perish? You you're asleep. You're asleep. You don't think we're, we might perish out here, they're saying in a sense. And Jesus rebukes and speaks to the winds and the waves and tells them peace be still and everything calms down because God God is the source of our strength and he's able to give us the perspective and then arm us with the tools to be able to overcome the storm. He's able to speak peace in the midst of a storm that causes for us to be able to go through the storm and the storm not overtake us. And so this 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 is very important. So I wanted to, which uh, uh, important, very important for you to know. Let me finish that thought. It's very important for you to know that. But I also want to go back to the words comfort uh, because because that, that I told you I want you to mark that in your head because comfort is a, is a, is a, is an interesting word that's used here. The word comfort, when we talked about um, this, it goes back up to like verse uh, three in Second Corinthians chapter one, where Paul says, all praise to God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, God is our merciful father and listen to this, the source of all comfort. And then verse four goes on and says, he comforts us in all our troubles. And so, so, so I want to stop there and then we'll, we'll go a little bit further. This word comfort is, is, is the same word. It comes from the same word where we get the, uh, where we get the word Holy Spirit or spirit, uh, uh, or paraclete. Uh, this word comfort here is the word paraclete, paracletus or paracletus which 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 means 
uh, uh, to come alongside of, to walk with, to come alongside of. So for those of you who may be listening that may be in a state of despair or, dis- or depression, you are not alone. And if, as a believer, especially, you are not alone. As an unbeliever, I'm telling you, put your faith in Jesus Christ. Accept him as your Lord and Savior, as your Lord and Savior, so that you are not alone because the paracletos, the comforter comes and walks alongside of us, just like the Jesus is alongside of them, with them, alongside of or with them in the boat going through the storm. Jesus is there. The Holy Spirit is with us, alongside of us, walking with us as a comforter and a helper for us as we move forward. And so this this God, this comforter, this Father God is the source of all of our comfort. And he comforts us in all our troubles so that we can then, as a result of us being comforted, we can then turn and in turn go and comfort us others. This thing about the faith and the body of Christ is 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 all centered on this theme of connectedness and togetherness. Remember in the book of, of Genesis in the very beginning, remember God and, and Adam are one together, connected, immersed, intertwined, interconnected. Remember, uh, as it goes forward in the book of Genesis and it talks about uh, the man and the wife, uh, it talks about for this cause shall a man leave his mother and his father and then cleave unto his wife. Uh, and, that, and the two, it goes on, shall be, shall be one. The two are, are one because they're cleaving, they're connected. There's this, this, this thought of being connected and together. The body of Christ is the same connotation, the body of Christ or the fellowship of the saints or the togetherness of the people. This is all the same thing. The same words all spawn out of this, this theme. I want you to consider this, that, 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 that the word community, the word communion, the word fellowship, the word sympathy, the word empathy, the word symptoms, the word, uh, um, uh, I want to I make sure I give them all to you, synchronous, synchronization, all of those words are come come from the same word, and and all of that is synonymous with togetherness, togetherness, and being connected together. And so, as as Paul is saying that, hey, Church of Corinth, you're not by yourselves. We are comforted. There's one that's come alongside of us and comforted us so much so that we learned back down in verse nine and ten that we learned to not rely on ourselves, but to rely only on God because now because now if we go back to verse 4 because God is the source of all comfort so we rely on God and this same God who is the source of all comfort who's come alongside of us and comforted us while we were going through the Asian of the province of Asia and all the different things they endured he's comforted us now we're going to in turn come and then comfort you and this sense of connectedness and togetherness is 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 how the world is structured and the ecosystem of the world is structured so that we are not by ourselves. In fact, the book of Genesis also says it's not good for man to be alone. It was never intended for us to live a life by ourselves. We are designed to live life in community, in togetherness, in fellowship, 
in communion and 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 all of that also yields the ability to feel the other person like physically even feel the other person i know physically in my own body i feel other people there's been many a times that i have felt things in my own body only to then in through connection and communion and talking with people they have disclosed something to me like i've had a slight headache for instance i've had a slight headache and then in conversation with somebody else somebody else has shared with me oh they have a headache too and so i've i've been learning and been seeing through these different things that i've experienced in my own physical body that I am literally feeling other people. And that is causing for me to then have an empathy or the ability to be empathetic towards other people and what they're going through. And so Paul is saying in this text here, when he's saying, hey, we're going to be comfort because God has comforted us and he's came alongside of us. He felt what we felt. He has been, he's been where we've been. He has been under duress and pressure so much so the scriptures say that, that before Jesus even went to the cross in the garden of Gethsemane, the pressure was so hot and heavy upon him that he was actually sweating drops of blood. Imagine that much pressure on an individual that you're not sweating sweat and anxiety and perspiring sweat. You're actually sweating blood blood, that much pressure on him. And so that same man died and, and then was buried and then rose again, showed himself for 40 days with many infallible proofs and then went up and ascended into heaven in Acts chapter two and then sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. But then he sends back in Acts chapter two, his Holy Spirit, the comforter, who is the comforter, the Holy Spirit, there is the comforter, sends him back to the earth to then comfort us as we carry out the work of the gospel. So when he empowers the church in Acts 2, he empowers the church with the Holy Spirit, who the Holy Spirit is the enabler and the comforter and the helper that comes alongside of those uh, that are members of the church, who is the, who is uh, ultimately us now, believers in Jesus Christ, comes alongside of us to comfort us and to help us. And then as a result of that, we then turn and then comfort others because we feel what they feel feel. We've been where they've been. We've hurt like they've hurt. We've been in, in under pressure and duress and stress and pressure and the things and thoughts coming through our minds and our hearts and the different things that we've been toiling over and processing in our minds over and over and over and over and over again that's causing us, our hearts, to be out of rhythm. That's causing discord, our hearts to be torn apart. We understand those things and we have been through those things and we have learned to rely on God and as a and re rely on God only and that's what we've learned as a result of being pressured and under those under that level of distress we have learned to rely on God and who comforts us all and so since we have learned that and that we know for sure that he's going to save us because he did save us as Paul said he rescued us as Paul said in in, in chapter in verse 9 and verse 10 of this same uh, uh, um, chapter of the, of the of the bible he says we 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 he god rescued us rescued us for, uh, 
from mortal danger and he will rescue us again is the resolve that he he not only learned to rely on God and rely on God only. He's also has the testimony that God has rescued him. And then that testimony has further resolved that he's now resolved in his heart and his mind that God will rescue us again. And having that resolve that knowing that God will rescue us again because he rescued us before. And I learned to trust in him with all my heart and lean not to my own understanding, but in all my ways, acknowledge him and he would direct my past. That's the book of Proverbs, that scripture I just quoted. Paul has learned that we that he is trusting in God and who's the source of all comfort. And then as a result, he is saying, now this testimony that I have, I'm giving that testimony to you because I'm going to walk alongside of you who is in desperate in desperation or in despair or in discouragement. And I'm walking alongside of you to then be comfort for you because the comfort that I got, I'm extending the comfort to you. And I'm telling you by testimony of what God has done for me, what Jesus has done for me, this same God will do it for you. So we walk together along with the Holy Spirit. And now there's not two, there's three. And then the Holy Spirit, the person who's going through and the person who's come out and all of them are walking together in communion, in fellowship, advancing forward the goal of ministering and teaching and preaching and proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. And these are the things that we are charged to do to live this life and to walk out this life in a way that, that we are then comforting others. We are learning, we are learning ourselves to rely on God only and not on anyone else uh, and or, or don't lean on the arm of flesh. Uh, I just stopped when I said that it made me think about um, uh, a, a song. Uh, 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 I think the lyrics go, it's, a, it's, an, it's an old uh, a hymn. It says, um, uh, 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 and the thing I just lost it because this is all unedited too. This is what's so cool about these. It's all unedited. You hear me saying, um, and I'm thinking through, I'm trying to think of the words of the song because I had it there for a second. I'm going to go back. Let me think, let me think, let me think. It says, um, um, my hope is built. Here you go. I have it now. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I durst or dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean, holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y, holy lean, all the way lean on Jesus' name. And then the refrain goes, on Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground, all other sources, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. And so I'm trying to encourage you, as this scripture encouraged me, 2 Corinthians chapter 1 encouraged me that, that, that the comforter is available and is ready and is able to come alongside, but we have to give space. We have to yield ourselves. We have to yield ourselves and our members and our hearts and our minds, everything about us. We have to yield and totally and wholly lean on Jesus' name. 
because on Jesus Christ, the solid rock we stand, we will prevail. Just like Paul said, Jesus or God rescued us. Jesus, God, Holy Spirit, all the same person. That's the Trinity. Uh, He said God will rescue us. He rescued us. He first he rescued us from mortal danger and he will rescue us again. And he's encouraging the church at Corinth with those same words so that their hearts are at ease and that their hearts are then guarded with due diligence for out of it flows the issue of life or guard the heart with due diligence for for the heart is the source of life. We have to continuously be guarding and watching over our hearts. And God gives us the recipe in order to do that. He says, lean on me. Lean on me. Holy lean on me. Don't do it in your own power. You can't do it in your own power. You won't be able to hold up in your own power. But if you lean upon me and connect to me, if you lean upon me, those who are believers and connect to me, those who are not believers, uh, then, then you are able to then be comforted with with the comfort that I provide, that I that I provided through my Holy Spirit, who comes, who is actually me coming alongside of you and walking with you in the earth. This is powerful. This is a powerful testimony that you've got to have. And I'm really, really, really after those of you who may be listening, uh, who have not put their faith in Jesus Christ. You have to, I am beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you, that you would give your life over to Jesus Christ. You present your body, a living sacrifice uh, unto Jesus Christ. Give yourself over. And giving yourself over means you are releasing the reins that you have in your hands of, uh, of your life. You are saying, I don't have control of my life. I need a savior because me with the reins in my hand have run my life into hell. I am enduring and seeing so much stuff and so much stuff is going on. You're despairing. You're discouraged. You're in depression. You don't have you don't have expectation. You don't have hope. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't you're not even in some instances. Some of y'all are not even expecting for anything good to happen because you're not connected. Right. And I'm telling you, give your life to Jesus. Could it be possible that Jesus is allowing for these things to go on in your life to implore you and to push you and to pride you and to poke you into giving and recognizing weight? I can't lean on me. I got to lean on him. I need him. And he's he's trying to get you to give your life completely over to him. And I'm imploring you to do that. Give your life completely over. And, and, and it's easy to do. All you have to, I've talked about it in, 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 in a couple places in this, in this podcast installment that we're talking about now, but we'll go over it again. What you need to do is one, believe this gospel message. What is the gospel message? You might ask that there was a man, there was a man who, who came into this earth He was born through a virgin. He was born through a virgin, a virgin having not ever known a man, 
gives birth to a man and that man comes and lives in the flesh that man is God who is a who has descended from heaven through the womb of a woman coming through the birth canal of a woman and coming legally into the earth to live as a human being in flesh walked in this earth for 33 years then gave his self as gave his life in the place of ours in order to pay for our sins. He paid for our sins with his own life. He died upon the cross. The blood flowed out from his side. Life is in the blood. And so the spilling of the blood coming out of his side is a symbol to reflect that the, that the life has exited his body and he has, he has effectively died. He died and then as a result was buried. And then God, with all power in his hands, having fulfilled the fulfilled all of the law, which says that the wages of sin is death. He, he then he then resurrects, comes back to life, rises out of the grave, walks amongst many, showing himself for 40 days with many infallible proofs. That is the gospel that he is yet alive having died for our sins and all you have to do is resolve in your heart that you believe all and exactly what i just said and if you believe that and you confess that with your mouth the scripture says you are saved and so if 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 you're ready to do that make that confession with your mouth you can pray this prayer with me or 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 something similar and we're going to pray the prayer. God, I believe that you were born of a virgin. You are God. You came down from heaven through the womb of a virgin, came through the birth canal of a virgin and lived the legal life of a human being in the flesh. And you took on my sins upon your own physical body. Because the wages of sin is death. And you took upon your body my sins and died for me in my place. And then you rose from the dead, having fulfilled all of what was required. You lived the perfect life, died and rose from the dead. And I believe that you did that. And Father... I want you to be my Lord and Savior. I want to be connected with you. Thank you, Father, for what you have done for me. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you prayed that prayer and you believe really, you really believe in your heart, you really believe in your heart that Jesus did those things for you and did it for me, and you made that confession with your mouth, you are saved. You are saved. And now there may be even some of you who are still listening, even after hearing all of that, you're like, I don't believe. There, 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 is, a, there is a podcast in our library. It's, it's me talking about how I know for sure 30,000% that Jesus Christ is, will, is real. Go back and listen to that. 
I give some very, very candid moments in my life, two particular moments in my life. One of which I was actually high on marijuana and drunk on beer. And Jesus reveals himself to me. I know 30,000% that Jesus is real. I hope you're not on the fence. I hope you hear this message and you give your your life over. But if you're indeed still on the fence, I would say go back and listen to that message that I just talked about. How I know 30,000% that Jesus Christ is real. Go back and listen to that. And then make the decision. Answer the call. Say yes to Jesus. And give your life over to him. So that you, as well as we, can have the help, the helper come alongside of us and walk with us. As believers, we have the helper. As believers, those of you who are believers who are listening, you already have the helper. What you need to do is turn and lean on the helper. Turn and lean on the helper like Paul said. He learned, as a result, he learned to rely on God only. Rely on God only. Rely on the helper that comforts. That's a message for you and me. And for the unbeliever, I'm saying, give your life over to Christ so that you can have access to this comforter who will in, in, invade your life and, re, and be able to and, and walk with you as you move forward, advancing towards that which God has for you to do. You have a purpose. You have a calling. And through the many gifts and the skills and what God has given to you from a natural, natural proclivity is what he's put inside of you. You're using all of that to advance this gospel message. That's your hope and your purpose and your calling. That's what you're doing, advancing this gospel message through the different mediums that God has given you, through the different skills and the gifts that he has given you. That's what we're doing. That's what we're called. That's what Ecclesia United is doing. We're advancing this goal. We're not trying to build another church. Church is already built, built and empowered way back in the book in Acts chapter 2. We are lining up. We are in line. We are, are we are uh, uh, connected with that church back in Acts 2. And we're continuing on in the same mission they had. We're continuing on in that same mission now to continue to advance the gospel of Jesus Christ. According to Mark chapter 16, that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to preach the gospel. We're supposed to preach the gospel. Proclaim it, preach it, proclaim it, tell people about it. And to them that believe, they'll be saved. And to them that don't believe, they will be damned. That's Mark chapter 16. Read that. That's what we're doing. So I want to thank all of you for joining us. I hope this message has been very encouraging for you as it has been for me um, to put into our repertoire, to put into our daily actions, into the way we navigate our lives, the way we think about and we process, regarding our hearts with due diligence, watching the gates that have given provide access to our hearts. We're resting and wholly leaning on Jesus. We've learned that that God that God will rescue us. We, we have learned to rely on God only and to rely on Him full heart, full, fully. That's what we've learned. And we're moving forward in that, being comforted by the one who is who is the source of all comfort, God Himself, in the form of His Spirit the helper, the paracletos, the paracletus that comes alongside and helps us. That's what we're doing. We're relying on him. And we're, and we're that, that reliance on him is a protection for our hearts. 
So again, I hope this has been encouraging for you. Thank you so much for joining us. And um, if you haven't subscribed, subscribe. There's more in the library that will help you along as we move forward in this life that God has given us. Thank God for what he has done. In Jesus' name, amen.